For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. And we continue our preview ahead of free agency we've got we've gone through many of the divisions so if you want to go back and listen to the divisions that we've already completed we're almost done we're on the afc east today nobody cares about this division right no nobody at all yeah nobody there isn't like a you know the greatest football player greatest quarterback of all time that uh is is thinking about leaving this division and i know there's Quite a few uh, Miami Jets and Buffalo fans that would be happy and celebrate the moment that that happens. So that's that's where we'll begin. We'll begin with the New England Patriots, who obviously finished at the top of this division for, I don't know, the 50th time in a row. So they they are in a different spot, right? They, they're in a different spot than what we're used to. And the biggest part of this is the overarching, looming, terrifying thought for them the happy thought for all the rest of us that Tom Brady could potentially lead this team, Jamie. And that is obviously going to have a huge impact on this team. I'm also to the point now where I don't think it's if. I think it's it's he's leaving this team. Yeah, I'm I'm agree with you. You know, thinking back to what happened with the grapple situation, which we've mentioned on the show before, thinking about everything that's come out this offseason, now hearing reports that, that have been leaked that Kraft won't step in and intervene this time. Everything is kind of pointing to, and, and you know, the money they offered him was lower than I was than I was anticipating. Uh, all that leans to me saying, I think Tom Brady is legitimately going to be playing somewhere else next year. Like, I think it would be at this point uh, an upset if he is taking snaps for the Patriots in Week One. One hundred percent, and it's not it's not just him, guys. I mean, the good news is for them, they've got some catch base. Uh, but they're, you know, this whole run, I don't think I ever really analyzed it to the last couple of years of how cheap they've been. And I don't think that's going to be the case that they're going to get a lot of these guys back because you're talking about, as Jamie put it, Tom Edward Brady Jr., uh, Patrick Brady Jr. here is leaving. Then I'm, I'm thinking Joe Tooney's going to leave and take the money. I think three or four of these free agents are going to leave as well and take the money elsewhere. They're going to get paid more. You know, you've got the Mohamed Sanu thing where they could clear up some more space, but they traded a second-round pick for him which they're going to desperately need. Ah, guys, I don't, I don't really know where they go here. I mean, I think, you know, they, you've got to go right back to the quarterback conversation. So to me, the Andy Dalton thing we've talked about in the past makes a ton of sense. I think depending on who ends up where, Teddy Bridgewater would be awesome for them, but I think he'll be snatched up by somebody else. I don't know if they're going to pay him what he's going to command on the open market. They're going to have to get off their wallets a little bit here to be able to compete. Andy Dalton makes a ton of sense to me. 17 million for one year, you could actually sign him to an extension and give up probably a fourth or a fifth round pick at the most to Cincinnati to make that happen. Who are you going to have as his weapons is the big thing. Because if a couple of these offensive linemen leave, this running back room that's so good doesn't really matter. I can see them making a run at Perriman cheap, Robbie Anderson cheap, but I don't think either one of those guys are going to kind of come that cheap. I think the market's down for them because the draft is so good with the red receiver. But to me, this looks like a big bowl of fire rolling down a hill. And if Brady leaves, and if he leaves early Monday, or, you know, it starts coming out that wherever he's going, just, I guess technically he can't sign until, what, the 18th, but we're going to know Monday probably. Uh, if he leaves, I can see this being a mass exodus. Yeah, and that's the thing that is really interesting uh, to me too because you start to look at some of the free agents, and obviously Tom Brady is going to get the, the most notability and the most coverage, but there are other really good players that are pending free agents. They have a little bit over – $41 million in cap space right now, but Devin McCourty, Joe Tooney, uh, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, Ted Karras, like all, all, all those players played significant roles for them. Even Philip Dorsett at times last year, they played significant roles for this team. And I don't think they're going to cut Sanu. He was the only one that even had, was even a reasonable cut candidate that would save you more than like just a couple million dollars. 
But again, like you just said, they spent a second round pick for him, and it's still a position of need. So I, I can't see them making that move. So they're going to have to figure out this offensive line and figure out what the quarterback situation is because I don't think they're paying a non-Tom Brady quarterback $25 plus million a year, which means they're either going to have to go after an Andy Dalton, like you said, uh, go after maybe uh, Josh Rosen, a player like that, or say we're going to roll with Stidham or roll with uh, and draft a quarterback either this year or next year. I don't see them going to be in the market for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't see them in the market for some of these bigger names. Uh, yeah, I just I think at this point, if they don't get Brady back, they're really kind of starting from scratch again, or they're trying to piece it together with Andy Dalton, which at that point, they're not a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Not if they lose all these pieces on the offensive line. No, and I think the the big point, obviously, that Jake brought up is that obviously in the past, you got all these free agents to buy into, hey, you can come play for the Patriots but that's not the case anymore if Tom Brady leaves, right? Like people were willing to take discounts. People were willing to to move things around because you were in a Super Bowl window. That's all eliminated, Jamie, if Tom Brady goes away. Yeah, I mean, maybe you can convince players for one year, but you're also not going to get – how many hometown discounts are you going to get this time? And are you negotiating differently? Because Jake brought up the point about how cheap they've been. It's a big reason why a guy like Chandler Jones, for example, is in Arizona. Uh, you know, why Jamie Collins left and came back. I mean, it's they have shown a – they have a – Bill Belichick's got a number in mind, and if you don't hit that number, he will trade you, even if you are a star player, like in the case of Chandler Jones. But I just I just look at this team right now, and they're trending downward. I still think if they, if they ran it back with the same group next year, they would still win the division, but they're not going to be able to. I, I just – to me, this this is just another step in the end of the Patriots dynasty. Another reason why, even with Tom Brady back next year, they're not going. I mean, especially with Tom Brady back next year, they can't afford a lot of these guys we just talked about. I mean, you're going to need you might need a whole new side of the offensive line. You know, at, at this point, I, I just I don't know. I just I, it, it they've had a great run. Yeah, it's been amazing what they did. It's unprecedented what they did. I'm not Absolutely. sure we'll ever see it again. I, and I think it's unlikely we ever we see won't something. ever see it again. But no. I just I, I look at this and I'm going. They're gonna they're going to need players to so much to so greatly overperform their talent level next year if they're going to be a team that's going to win a playoff game. That's just my opinion. Yeah, guys, do we think that Andy Dalton's talent is that much less than Tom Brady's? Because I don't. I think it's Tom Brady's intangibles and all the stuff that he's brought for this 20 year run of the hardest guy on the players is not Belichick, it's Brady. And when the greatest player that's ever played is the guy that's the hardest guy on you. Like literally, it's physically talented wise. I don't know that Andy Dalton's that much less than Tom Brady, but they have no weapons. I mean, you go back and break it down. Tom Brady played really well last year. They had nothing. Their offensive line was hurt and didn't play very well at times. The name that you mentioned to me, Jamie, is really interesting is Josh Rosen because I think they could probably get him out of New England for or at, at Miami for a pretty cheap price. What a third year on a rookie deal. That gives them some leeway to be able to sign some of these guys back, play a little bit more conservative. Talking about a talented guy that may or may not fit what's going on there, but he needs a third chance at this point. That one's interesting to me because talking about a talented guy, I compared him to Jay Cutler coming out, same body language, but also same arm talent. Uh, that one could be really, really interesting if they didn't go with Andy Dalton instead of they love. By the way, has been there for a couple years. Don't be surprised that they've done this what four or five times now, where the backup is left and they've all played pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they could go Stidham and Brian Hoyer and probably be okay. I think they can still compete in that division at that point with that defense, but that defense isn't going to be as good when they're not com- converting three and you know third and fours a lot. Listen, this offense didn't do very much this year, right? I mean, this offense was blah at best, and but they're going to have to – I mean, it's still Tom Brady. It's still the intangibles. It's still everything he brings to the table. As long as Belichick's there, you have to believe that systematically – that defense is going to be okay, right? But they lost a huge piece in their coaching staff and their offensive line coach that's been there yeah, forever. I, that was a bit. That was a big deal that hasn't been talked about as n- enough. And if you're an Andy Dalton, you know you've ha- you've dealt with the bad offensive line play for a really long time. I w- I would be really careful about making sure that you're going to a situation where that's not going to be the case again. Right. And Andy I think Dalton's begging to be a starter. He would lap this up like a dog in milk. He, he doesn't have the ability to be like, uh, I got to be careful where I go. He wants to be a starter. If that's in New England that's with true. Belichick, he would be ecstatic compared to what he's been dealing with in Cincinnati for however long. He didn't care about the money at this point. It's go elongate the career and have a chance to win. 
the best part about all of this is, guys, as much as I, I love dynasties and I love the greatness, Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, like Belichick and Brady, I can't wait to see them apart. Like, can, can Belichick master this with Andy Dalton and they still win 12 games? If they do, whoo! I mean, they're both already the they're both already the goat, right? But I can't wait to see them somewhere else. Like, this is going to be beyond fascinating to me. Yeah, I am. I am so excited for that. Right? Everybody that's not a Patriots fan is excited to see the two of these guys separated, right? Because it gives Tom Brady another motivational chip on his shoulder. I'm going to prove otherwise. And the situations that he's been talked about being in are very exciting, right? Because you look at, I, I didn't see him with a lot of weapons over the last few years. Even the year that they won the Super Bowl two years ago, there wasn't a, a, a huge amount of offense. And you look around the league and you go, okay, he gets put into a better situation with a great coach who's offensive-minded and not defensive-minded like Belichick is, all of a sudden you look around and you go, what, 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 is, the, what is the cap for Tom Brady? I don't know. I, I, I choose to believe that we could see an unprecedented version of Tom Brady still. That's, in my mind, that's what I have. I am, I am mentally prepared for Tom Brady to come out and be on an FU tour to Boston and just win an MVP and be like, I told you so. That's what I'm mentally prepared for. And I think everybody in Boston, you should mentally prepare for that too, because you've been gifted an unbelievable run that will never, ever happen in professional sports, probably ever again, any professional sport. So just be thankful that you had Tom for as long as you had and let somebody else have him for a little while. I would take a sick amount of pleasure in watching Mookie Betts and Tom Brady both win championships. Oh, blessed. Uh, Need it so bad. uh, Need it so bad. Says the New Yorker, by the way. (laughs) The the other thing that we should mention, too, and and I think it's important when we talk about this, uh, we're grading them on the Patriots scale. Yes. I don't think any of us think this team is a six-win team. Yes. But a nine- or ten-win Patriots team feels like a disappointment given their, their level. So if you think we're being a little hard on them, it's because we're grading them on the New England Belichick scale that they've that they've themselves they pushed the bar so high i still think this is depending on, on the uh the quarterback situation i still think this is a playoff team they still think they're going to be competitive for the division i'm not ready to say the bills yeah, are no. ready to overtake them yet no. but again just sneaking by as the number four number five seed in the afc isn't what we're accustomed to seeing from doing so for in sure. that case it's a downward i'm not so sure they can make that run by the way uh, if you want to compare my Giants rant to what I'm going to do when they start burning Tom Brady jerseys in New England about these spoiled-ass little – I'm not going to even say it. I'm going to call in sick now for whatever that show is because I'll probably never be allowed back on the air. Uh, you have had the most unprecedented run of spoiledness ever. And if you can't hang the jersey on your wall proudly and you want to go burn it, you need to be burned. I'm going to leave it at that before we ever even get to how crazy I'm going to go when they start doing all this because you know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, and I and I'll I'll be right there with you. So it, I'm not it, so we, sure that I'm not sure sure they make the playoffs. I'm not look. The Jets finish strong, have a ton of cap space. We're going to talk about in a minute. The Bills are building something nice up there with McDermott, and the Dolphins have a ton of cap space and a ton of freaking draft picks, and they're a few years away. But you're not going to want to play them. You don't want to play them at the end of the year this year. Look at New England. Uh, you know. I'm not so sure they do. I mean, Brady leaves and a bunch of these guys want to take the money and not take the hometown discount. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady was still a Tom Brady this year. They didn't have anything on offense. He still made it work. I'm not sure ever anybody else just steps in there and makes this work. They're going to have to spend some money to do this. And if they're going to be as cheap as they've been, I can see this being a seven or eight win team. Listen, I hope for our sake that we get both teams having some Tom on a separate team, right? Whatever that team is and the Patriots separately. And I hope we get one of two scenarios. The Patriots are absolutely garbage, right? And, and Tom is unbelievable or Tom is unbelievable while also simultaneously Bill Belichick is also great. Right. And then it just, then we all just have to sit here and argue about, okay, maybe it was just both of them. Right. Like, like I think there's, there's two scenarios and I, I just don't think there's a scenario where Tom isn't great. I I don't think there's, I I don't, I don't think 
he would come back and play knowing what his legacy is already and and do that unless he knew that he could play at a high level. I, I, I believe that. And he's well, let's be honest, player. it's definitely both of them. I mean, you don't, you don't go on this 20-year run without being both of them. Everybody's going to point to the year they went 10-6 and six with Matt Castle. Matt Castle still had weapons. That team was a little better than this one set up at this point, especially if a lot of these guys leave. But you're exactly right, Paige. I, mean, I don't know which one of those scenarios is better, but they're all headline-worthy. Yeah, they're all exciting. They're all fun uh, for everybody, like I said, that's not a Patriots fan. Uh, moving on to the Buffalo Bills, who who took a step forward this year, right? Made the playoffs. Exciting times for Buffalo fans who've – who've had quite a, a quite a starved time of not having success. So their, their quarterback takes a, a step forward this year in Josh Allen. They have quite a bit of cap space, $82 million. They have 55 guys under contract. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander retired in the, in, in the off season. And you've got quite a few guys here uh, listed under key free agents. Jamie, who do you, who do you see Buffalo trying to lock up here with that that cap space that they have? And look on this list, there's really only two guys that I think are like irre- not irreplaceable, integral pieces that they're going to have to fill either by re-signing or getting elsewhere. And that's Shaq Lawson and Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson had a really strong season. I was surprised to see how well he graded out. He graded out as a number 23 cornerback on Pro Football Focus. But those are their two big names. I think Frank Gore, they're, they're going to let him walk. Um, he's going to try to play somewhere. You know, Quentin Spain, Jordan Phillips, there were pieces for them, but you can find those pieces, especially with the money, amount of money they have to spend. Um, you know, it's interesting to me because my, my biggest thing is can they add to their receiver core and can they add to their edge rushers? Can they get some more pass pressure on this team? Because I think this is a team that gets to be – it's extremely intriguing going into next year. But you need – again, you want to have Josh Allen take another step forward like you saw this year – you're going to need to improve some of the weapons around him. Adding John Brown was huge last year. I think they could use another weapon there. Uh, maybe even a tight end if they decide to cut Tyler Croft, uh, adding another pass catching weapon there at some point. So, uh, but again, they have, they have a lot of money to do it. They, they're in a really strong cap situation. Allen's still on that rookie deal. So they have a lot of flexibility right now to do whatever they need to do. Yeah, it's rare to see a playoff team have this few free agents with this much cap space. I think they definitely bring back Shaq Lawson. They definitely bring back Kevin Johnson. I think they bring back Jordan Phillips as well. He was really solid next to Ed Oliver. Freed up Ed, Ed Oliver a ton. He's kind of like Sue and the Bucks defense taking a double team a lot. Uh, they got to add weapons and they got to add speed. So I think Robbie Anderson in the division makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I could see Perriman. I could see another draft pick. But you got to go back to where McDermott came from. And that is. Uh, Carolina with Ron Rivera. They're going to build the offensive line, defensive line. I think they also signed one of these big offensive line uh, talents. I think it probably made, maybe they steal Tooney from New England and bring him over there. A little locker room culture, a little, little leadership with a pretty young team. Uh, and I think they also had a pass rusher. I mean, they could free up another $12 million that puts them in the $94, 95000000 dollar range. You could end up, you know, say – Jacksonville tags in Gakwe and they trade for him, which we saw twice last year after the tags came out uh, with a big contract. Maybe they steal Kyle Vanoy as well for another leadership kind of thing. But this team could make a serious run, but it all hinges on what Jamie just said. And that's Josh Allen taking another step forward. But I would not want to play him. Not with, with these two offensive and defensive lines. If they add a couple more guys on that offensive line, I think they, add, they need more weapons. They need another running back. They need a tight end. They need speed at receiver. Robbie Anderson and Brashad Perriman both have that. I think they probably draft one as well. Uh, but you start throwing a bunch of weapons on this team, another running back with Singletary, I, I, I wouldn't want to play him. And I damn sure wouldn't want to play him up there because this team's going to be built to run the ball, stop the run, and get after the passer. I, I think they're taking a big step forward. I mean, $90 million with the team that's already constructed is a ton of money to play with. And that's a key point you just mentioned about playing up there. The key for the Bills this year are if they can win this division, they become an extremely sneaky dark horse in the mm-hmm. AFC. You're going to still hear a lot about Baltimore, which I think is in a little bit. Baltimore's, I know we already did them, but like the Marshall Yonda's retirement or whatever, like just adding things to the table that would make things a lot harder for them with a much improved division. But we were talking about Baltimore, we could talk about Kansas City. But going into Buffalo, yeah. depending on what the record ends up being, I, I doubt it's going to be better than KC's, but let's say hypothetically, you know, Mahomes misses a few games in the middle of the season and things get weird. But going into Buffalo is an extremely difficult task. Especially and, in January. Yeah, I mean, that, that's where this team gets really interesting. If, if Josh Allen doesn't just completely Trubisky himself to start the year, 
Uh, Thanks, Jamie. You're welcome. I did that just for you. I looked, looked Paige right in the eyes and said that. <laughs> um, which I don't, I don't expect. Also, I, I expect Trubisky to be better. But uh, I don't expect then this team becomes really intriguing because I love the way they play on defense. They have stars at every level of that defense, especially if they can add another pass rusher. If a few more weapons for Josh Allen, I mean, and look, I know they have Cole Beasley was was such a big deal for them because having and I didn't understand that signing in the offseason. And I mm-hmm. talked to Joe Marino of the Draft Network, and he kind of gave me a little bit of a better understanding of just needing kind of that safety net dump off guy. And for those of you that I'm sure you, most of you play fantasy if you're listening to the show, he turned it to be like a very solid buy week waiver wire option yeah. for you pretty much the entire season. So having him, having John Brown. Adding another weapon on the outside there will be extremely important for them. And again, just giving Josh Allen more weapons and more ways to get the ball out of his hands so we can progress in that area of this game. Again, take another step forward. This is a really intriguing team because they're, you, you can kind of, depending on what they do this offseason, you can kind of twist and turn your way into making an argument that they could, could be the second or third best team in the conference. Yeah. They, they, they damn sure could. They damn sure yeah. could. Um, you know, John Brown plays outside, so there's no way Cole Beasley's going anywhere. To me, they need another bigger speed guy, and Robbie Anderson and Rashad Perriman both fit that. There's also guys in the draft. You add another running back that's like Singletary that can catch it, that can run it, that can pick up the blitz, because Josh Allen's going to make a lot of stuff happen with his feet. But, I mean, look, they add a safety and a pass rusher, and they keep the guys there they have, and they still got cap space. And look, I mean, here's the other thing we need to talk about. We talk about the cap. You got to look a year or two down the road, which means Josh Allen's getting paid like a mother here yeah. soon. So they don't really have ninety million. They do right now without having to cut a bunch of guys to, to sign their quarterback. If they want to start setting some money aside a year early, you can see them going into the season with twenty-five or thirty million under the cap, knowing they got to pay Josh Allen. But they might think, "Hey, we got to run to make a run. We got a window to make a run. We could cut some guys later on. We, we can cut these three guys to pay our quarterback a year from now." Is they're intriguing to me, man. I, I, you know, all year we talked about them, and we didn't pick them because they didn't make any. Pay, they didn't make any sense at all on paper, and they just kept winning games here and there. Because I think McDermott's a damn good coach, and I love the way they built this team. I think they could continue to build it, which would scare the hell out of me if I was in the AFC East. Yeah, and look, if they're willing to spend the actual dollar amount, you can get out of some of those deals in their last year, particularly like if you sign these guys to a three-year deal, a four-year deal. If you're willing to accelerate the majority of that money up front, I mean, you're already going to basically pay for that year that you cut them, but you can give yourself that cap flexibility in the final years of those contracts if you're able to, if you're worried about Josh Allen. You just got to be willing to yeah. pony up the, the actual cash to make that happen. For sure. I'm a big believer in, in McDermott, and I think he's been kind of sneakily doing what he's doing in Buffalo because we all we hear about is Buffalo because it's, it's, it's Buffalo and they play in the Patriots division. Right. But that all of a sudden changes that dynamic becomes much different. If Tom Brady's no longer there and we're looking at this division in a completely different way. And Hey, you, you saw this team play the Patriots really well with Tom Brady. Right. I, I mean, that's, that's where this team was progression wise this season. And I think I, I believe in, I believe Josh Allen can be good enough in the system he plays in to be really great for for this in this division and in this conference, and I think they're I think they have the potential to be a scary team um, if they can add the right weapons. All right, let's move on to the New York Jets, who have just about fifty million dollars of cap space. They got sixty guys under contract. A lot of key free agents here, including Robbie Anderson, who we've mentioned quite a few times already as a potential target. Jamie, when you look at this team, what are some of these guys that you look at? Because this is another team where you have a young quarterback, you have a running back that you like, but they got they need more weapons here, and, and they need it dramatically. Yeah, especially if Robbie Anderson leads, which I expect. Uh, to me, Brian Poole, they, they need to find a way to bring him back. He was sensational for them this year, uh, and, and that was an issue that they've had for a long time of just unbelievably terrible quarterback play. Uh, you know, We could talk about why they cut Tremaine Johnson, how much money that they paid him. Uh, freeing up. So that's that the point of they're around $52 million now in cap space after that. But to me, rebuilding the interior offensive line, I mean, they, they were trying to make things work at center last year uh, with Ryan Khalil late. I mean, Alex Lewis is a free agent as well. A couple of tackles are free agents. They need to rebuild that offensive line a bit uh, or re-sign those guys. But yeah, they're going to need to bring back Ryan Poole and find someone to replace Robbie Anderson, who I do not believe is coming back. Uh, this is an interesting team because I look at them and I say, I, th- I think they could be competitive. They were strong toward the end of the season. You're going to be in year two now with Adam Gay, so the, the, the players are going to be so much more familiar with the system and what's expected of them. 
I don't expect Sam Darnold to get mono again. I'm not even sure you can get mono again. No, you can only get uh, it once. I'm not sure that's like the chicken pox rules on that. Yep. Uh, so all of those things put together, and I expect a better season out of the Jets going forward. But uh, to me, it's going to be just interesting to see how they – it's all going to be predicated on what they do on the offensive line because right now – that's the biggest concern that I have. Like, even if even with Robbie Anderson leaving, I'd still be more concerned about making sure that offensive line can protect Sam Darnold. Jamie, you hit the nail on the head because they can free up twenty million dollars or more cap space with three guys with a two million dollar penalty. Now you're talking about seventy five million dollars in cap space, seventy three million, and now you can get creative because a lot of these guys they don't have to necessarily bring back, but they could hit this free agent market. They could go draft heavy offensive line. I agree with you hundred percent. Le'Veon Bell was a big splash shining. He didn't have one 20-yard carry last year. Not one. Now, that's not on the offensive line at all. That's, you know, receivers blocking, stuff like that, but not one. And you have your franchise quarterback. So we go back to what we talked about with all these other teams with these young quarterbacks. You better do something to sure up that offensive line. You already have Le'Veon Bell that you're paying all that money. To me, it starts and ends there. They have to replace Robbie Anderson. They have to, but they, this draft is so good, and I think they're probably still a year away. Greg Williams is going to blitz like crazy. He's got you. Got to bring back Poole. I agree with that. You probably bring, need to bring back Kennedy that knows the defense. Uh, if, if if Greg likes them and they fit what they want to do, Greg and Todd Bowles run a lot of the same stuff where you run a ton of man blitz. Um, but it all goes back to this offensive line, building it from there, and it's not just for Le'Veon Bell. It's for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was fine. He's got he got a lot better. I mean, I don't know how much you could really put into the six to eight weeks of the mono stuff and the few weeks after he came back. He played well. He got better this year. I still expect him to be a superstar, but you got to protect him up front. I think they go heavy draft with with weapons, and there's going to be a veteran guy here or there that can still run to add to this offense. But I think you're going to have to start with Le'Veon Bell play action off of that, which is going to fit what Darnold wants to do, and it all goes back to up front and being aggressive up front. You're going to have to outbid for some of these guys, but I think. If they could land the sheriffs of the world, you know, grab Vitae, those are the guys that are in the market to be able to change an entire side of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and the other interesting thing to keep in mind, uh, they're going to get Quincy Nunwa back, yep. who I know we've all kind of forgotten about, but he was pretty strong for them two seasons ago, particularly in the back half of the year, uh, and basically missed the entire season last year. So that, that will at least help a little bit, but they still need another weapon there. Uh, and Jamison Crowder was really solid in the slot. Him and Darnold yeah. got a ton of chemistry as the year went on. You watch. They, 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 need, they need somebody on the – they need another Robbie Anderson. They need somebody on the outside there, especially a field stretcher. Um, but uh, the guys that Jake was talking about, the clear-up space, I mean, Daryl Roberts, Brian Winters, Avery Williamson, those three guys can be cut. You'll save two – you'll add $20 million to the cap. So yeah. I, I think that those guys are replaceable. It's, it's going to be really interesting because, again, I, I, I look at this team and, and I, I know – look, we, we all can make fun of Adam Gates, and we should at times. Uh, but – this team played, uh, going back to the deciding what teams are like after half of the season, Yeah, this team played a lot differently in the back half of the year. They played a lot better. Darnold was healthy. This is a team that's going to compete. I do think this is a three-team division. I think you have three teams in here that are going to be flirting with nine wins. I don't know where I'm going to – we'll do all our predictions and stuff way, way later in the offseason, yeah. but I look at three teams and say there's a legitimate shot that three teams have at making the playoffs in this division. I don't, I don't, I'm not predicting three teams will. I'm just saying – yeah, three teams have a chance to make the playoffs in this division next year, and the Jets are very much one of them. Yeah, they're they're going to take a – I believe they'll take another big step forward, like you guys said. And it's hard to evaluate where they really were last year because of the mono situation with Sam Darnold. That was so bizarre, and it impacted his growth and the ability to have a true look at what last season was for him, right? So I'm excited to see him and his progression this year because I think this is kind of – this is where I look and see almost his sophomore season because last year was really hard to evaluate where he was considering the weird dynamics of everything that happened with him getting mono and and just the whole the whole way it was handled because it's New York right and all the media circus around it and just the fact that he had a just kind of a funky thing right and and this will be in a, a good year and there's a lot like we've talked about at length there's a lot of weapons in this draft. So they'll get. They have the opportunity to go sign some, and they also have the ability to go get some in the draft. The last hey, Paige, team before before we jump off the jet. Sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's definitely worth noting what Todd Bowles dealt with, and now what Adam Gase has dealt with. Three general managers in four years. Yeah. The guy that hired Gase is now gone, but the guy that's there now has got an offensive line background, and that goes back to what we were just talking about. I think they go heavy offensive line, but it's worth noting that this 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 vision of the front office has changed three times in four years with two head coaches. So 
I, I think you point. can see it. I'm pointing at that just because I, I can think you can see a ton of turnover of what Gase wants to do and what the vision, a lot like Gettleman, both, both New York guys are going to be, we're going to build it in the trenches. Now they lost Leonard Williams last year, but I think they're going to go heavy offensive line to build this around their franchise quarterback. And then they got to save money to pay Darnold another year too. But I think, I, I don't think we can talk about them and their vision for this offseason in the cap space without talking about, it. they have another GM that didn't hire a coach that's now in, inheriting this mess of three different visions in four years. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a recipe for success from a front office standpoint. You you have to figure out what you're going to try and do and let the chemistry build and, and do it and and buy into it, right? And that's not what's happened. And listen, Todd Bowles is doing a great job in Tampa with that defense, and I'm a, a I'm a big believer in Todd. And I think there's he's just you look at certain situations and how things play out. It's not always a, a testament of, hey, it was just on the head coach. A lot of times there's a lot more going on and there's a lot changing behind the scenes that you don't even really think about. And we didn't until Jake just brought it up. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are the last the last team in this division, a team that was went from we had a discussion about tanking for Tua in September to Ryan Fitzpatrick going up to New England and be like beating New England in what, December? Uh, it, it is this team. This team fought so hard for Brian Flores. And I think the fact that they have $90 million of cap space. Now they, more, right? Now so more. They, 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 cut they, they cut Rashad Jones, which frees up another $5.3 million against the cap. So they're about $95 million. They have three first round picks. They are in a terrific point to turn this around and turn it around quickly. And I don't know about you guys, but I saw a lot from Brian Flores this year. I saw a lot from that team this year, considering as Jake and, and Jamie and I have all talked about, you can't tank on Sundays, right? Jamie said a bet. You, you can tank every other day, but those 16 Sundays, nobody's tanking because these guys need jobs. They're fighting for their jobs. And I can tell you, you watch a football game, you see Brian Flores, he wasn't tanking. Like he wasn't trying Hell to lose no. football. Like he's a competitive ass dude and he had his team and I would argue with anybody that he set his team up in a much better position by what he did and how he led that locker room that now you have the guys that are there that are bought in you can buy into those guys because they fought right Jamie and they, they have they have a couple of guys as listed as key free agents but with all the draft picks, with all the cap space, this team is going to look a lot different going into next season. And we spent a lot of time talking about this in the end of the season, but we'll repeat it for those who maybe missed those episodes. Creating a culture is so important. And creating a yes. culture of winning and creating a culture of effort and creating a culture of belief is so valuable. I still think we, we as a collective sports fandom underrate a lot of the very humanistic things that matter on, because we think about players either as fantasy players or as robots or as video game characters. We don't think about them as, as a collective human beings, a collective group of people trying to accomplish a goal and a mission with real life emotions, fears, concerns, and issues. And I think it's so the, – the narrative around and the atmosphere around this Dolphins team was so markedly different by the end of the season than it was at the midseason yeah. point. It, it, it is That will do more for them than – picking three or four spots higher in this draft. That will do more for their ability to build this team, to build around Ryan Flores, to build around what they have, than them losing a couple extra games and picking two or three spots higher. I truly believe that. We talked about that a lot at the end of the year. As far as like, key free agents go, we have John Jenkins uh, on the DL, on the D defensive line. Akeem Tlaib was sent there as a salary dump. So that's, yeah. I mean, I, I added them here, but that there was that was a salary dump for the, in the Rams deal. Uh, Evan Bame and then Jamarcus Webb on the offensive line. Both uh, Bame played okay. Jamarcus Webb had a tough season. Uh, but again, all those guys are replaceable. Uh, we heard they were in on the Trey Turner's uh, sweepstakes for a little bit there. Uh, I'm a little shocked that that, that trade still baffles me, but we'll, yeah. we can we discuss that on the previous show. But but it shows that they are looking for that type of talent on the offensive line. It'd be really interesting to see if they go after a share for, or, or a Thune or one of those guys. But they're going to have plenty of space. They're probably taking a quarterback there with that first of the first three-round picks. We're going to see what they do with the running back situation there. I don't think they're – they might have their pick of the litter if they want to use that third first round pick on a running back because yeah. there's a lot of talk that there won't be any running backs taken in the first round this year. Yeah, so, so they might get the best. They guy. might get the pick of the litter. They might wait and use a second round pick on that. They might go sign somebody. We'll see what they want to do with that position. Obviously, I don't think they're going into the season with Miles um, 
was it Miles Boyd? Not Miles yeah. Boykin. Um, uh, I'm blanking on There's Patrick Laird and, and the other back. That I, just, I apologize for uh, Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin. Everybody Miles is there. Uh, I don't think they're going in the season with those two guys. No, they're, they're going to have different there, guys. But we'll figure out what they do there. But to me, it's just that shore up the offensive line with those guys that are in their mid to late 20s that are unrestricted free agents that are stars. Can you add one or two of those guys? Can you solidify that for when you put your rookie QB in, whether it's late this season, whether it's next season, and at least give them the best chance to succeed when you decide to put them in? And, and if it's Tua – Give him the whole year. Like, they, they yeah. run him with um, Fitzpatrick. Yeah. There's no reason next year, you know, maybe you're drafting some other weapons to add to this team because they still there's some young receivers, but I don't think they have any game breakers. Like, I, I, they don't have anybody that I go and say, okay, that is a true top 30, 40 wide receiver in the NFL. They don't have somebody like that yet. So you can start the process now for building in the hopes that in 2021, you're going to have, at that point, a redshirt rookie quarterback in there for you a tuned-up offensive line, two years' worth of draft classes, two years' worth of cap-friendly free agency ads, and then you say, okay, now we're ready to compete in a division that it could be very wide open, especially the Jets then have to start paying Darnold more, Patriots, who knows where they'll be at that time, the Bills are going to have to start paying Josh Allen. Like, the Dolphins could be coming up right as those other teams start to hit a little bit of cap trouble. It could be interesting. That's what you have to do right now. You're setting up for the future by getting the best players you can that will still be there for you in two, three, four years down the road. I agree 100% other than I do think Devontae Parker is a true one. Oh, they, yeah, they, they, they locked him up. I'm really interested to see. You keep talking about Giusecki playing in the slot. That's a matchup nightmare if they actually have a tight end as yeah. well. To me, yes. I think they go. I think they stay packed at five and they keep all three first-round picks. Everybody's talking about they want Tua so bad they need to move up to two. I think no. that's draft smoke. I think that's draft smoke. You, there's no way I you can give up two first-round picks when you need this many players. But if say you go Tua or even you go Herbert at five, to me, they go rugs at 18, and then they go either safety or corner with that third first-round pick. Instant starters. Two of the three are instant starters. Two is going to sit, or Herbert's going to sit regardless. Fitzmagic was awesome for them. He needs to be the guy next year. This is going to be interesting. Do they go to, – to me, it's the perfect landing spot for Melvin Gordon. Um, he's still young enough. He can make this run for another three or four years. They could probably get him a lot cheaper than they were a year ago. But you're talking about Albert Wilson's not a $9.5 million player. They cut him to over $100 million in cap space with no monsters to sign. They're not going to have to re-sign Tua for four years if they draft him. Four or five years. Like You could, you could go all in on the fact that Tua's going to sit for a year, Patrick Mahomes, and come out and light things up, or Herbert, whoever it ends up being at five. Um, you know, I don't know that any of these offensive line guys are really young enough to build. I think you got to build with young guys that are going to come up together that are kind of waiting to take the next step. There's, they have so much money they can afford to do that. To me, you, you do that more on the defense. And I think you could see some guys like Vanoy that he brings down that he had up there. Uh, maybe it's Tooney. You know, Jackie Slater is actually a free agent we didn't mention for the Patriots, eight-time Pro Bowler. Yeah. you got enough money to overpay him to bring some culture down there. I think a guy like that would be awesome. You've got receivers. He could be your fifth receiver special teams guy and go to another Pro Bowl. Uh, but pay him enough to get him out of there. Put a guy like that in your locker room. That's the stuff you could do with $100 million in cap space, guys. I mean, it's, I don't even know how they're going to spend it all without getting stupid yeah. in free agency and going back to the Redskins of old, right? I don't know that they even need to spend it. But they can get creative. And Jamie said they could continue to stockpile draft picks. Stockpile for cap, you know, cash capital for next offseason as well. I love where they're heading, depending on how they're drafted. 14 draft picks. 14, three first-round yeah. picks. I mean, my God, you could set yourself up for a decade or more with, with, the, with this draft in this free agency class. Uh, they could get even more I, – I don't know. I think they're, they're sitting back in the weeds, twirling their thumbs, going, okay, we could do whatever the hell we want. We have no expectations. we got to get a quarterback in this draft. we got to add some pieces that start. But we're just talking about their first round, guys. I mean, if they add that running back in the second or third, they add a, another tight end, some good tight ends in this draft, some good defensive players. Maybe they sign with these edge guys in free agency. Maybe they're the ones that trade for Ngakwe after Jacksonville. Attack. Like, they, could, they could go from you didn't want to play them this year with nobody to they got a freaking all-star lineup of young guys that you damn sure don't want to play as soon as they start to get their confidence going with Fitzmagic, who plays like he's – 25 and his hair is on fire. The yeah. best part about him we've talked about is he doesn't care, right? He's going to go out and play his ass off, be a great dude in the locker room, and sling it. 
And these guys are going to follow him. And whoever that young quarterback is that's sitting and watching is going to learn a ton from that going on. I, I, you're not, look, you said it perfectly, Paige. You can tank all you want from a front office point of view. Brian Flores earned the hell out of my respect. That team played their asses off for him every Sunday. It got a lot better. And they were playing with a bunch of nobodies. Like, yeah. nobodies. There's like yeah. five dudes on the team anybody's heard of. And they were winning <laughs> no, games. Seriously. They went into New England to win in December. Like, literally, they, they were not tanking in that coaching office in that locker room. And I would not want to play this team. I, this whole division, guys, I, to me, I, I made a bunch of – I made three air, four arrows. The Patriots are heading down, and the other three are shooting up. It's going to be really interesting. Can this division finally turn itself on its head? And be, I think it's going to be one of the most competitive divisions of football next year. Yeah, and, and like look at the Dolphins too. Like they can they can move out of one of those first round picks. Like that late first round pick, maybe there's a quarterback that's still sitting there. Maybe like a Jordan Love or somebody's dropping, and they can move out of that spot and gain capital in future years. Get another first round pick the pre the next year. So yep. they have a lot of flexibility there. And because Jake pointed out, I, I did want to clarify. Uh, I was talking, I meant a number two wide receiver. I didn't forget about Devontae Parker. Oh, I, got you. I, I, I was, was going to say I know how much you love Devontae Parker. Yeah, who clearly, I mean, is is a true star. Yeah. Turned into everything that everybody thought he was going to be coming out of the world. Was an amazing player. They have, I bet a second option because I do think Albert Wilson could be if they needed to. They don't. They, it could be a cut candidate. Uh, but then they have like Isaiah Ford, Preston Williams, and kind of those other guys that you like. But like, I don't know if any of them are going to step up to be a true starting wide receiver option there. But uh, that, that's where Jacecki gets interesting in the slot. If he yeah. actually becomes a six five, two hundred and thirty pound slot guy, that would be. Crazy Imagine interesting with Devontae Parker because I like Albert Wilson. We all do, but he can't stay healthy. And $9.5 million, you can replace him in this draft. You can replace him easily in free agency with a guy. I don't know that Anderson or Perriman are going to cost $9.5 million in this free agent market. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, to me, you've got to cut him. But then you end up with $100 million. But if Jacecki's playing the slot and you got – say you do sign Melvin Gordon and you sure up some of this offensive line a little bit and you add another piece – this offense just got really interesting quick. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. And I think the, the big thing that you mentioned earlier when we were talking about this is because they have 5, 18, and 26, right, they're in a really prime position to just stay pat and get their guy. And I've argued at length with Dolphins fans on Twitter about this that they're, they are so worked up about potentially Tua not being there, right? And them having to have Herbert, and I've tried to, I and, and you guys can tell disagree if you if you'd like, but to keep to ju- to me Herbert and Tua, there isn't a if you have to give up your other two first round picks to get Tua, and the alternative option is Justin Herbert and eighteen and twenty six. I, I can't imagine. Hell no. That you, hell no. That's exactly what I was like. Yeah. You that is absolutely moronic. I can't, did you, I understand that you can get infatuated. One, Tua's injuries in and of itself are enough to argue whether or not he should be a top 10 pick. I don't care what the medical clearance looks like. He's had two major injuries back-to-back years. There's enough questions on his play. Yes, he's accurate. Yes, he flashes. Yes, he was awesome. He's throwing to four first-round receivers. Thank you. With four first-round offensive linemen. There's Look, I've, I've heard a ton of stuff coming out of Tuscaloosa about how much he could actually read the field and how hard is it to throw an accurate slant and an RPO and Ruggs or Judy take it 80 yards to the house. By the way, the best one's Devontae Smith's not even coming out in this draft. He's better than the other two. And go back to what I said about if they take Ruggs at 18. Now you've got Ruggs, Devontae Parker, Jacecki in the slot. Wow. With a, do you sign Melvin Gordon? Holy oh crap. God. Or say something crazy happens and you stay at five and Tua goes two. And somebody trades up and takes Herbert at three or four. You're okay. It's not yeah. the end of the freaking world if you end up with Jordan Love at 18. And you, yeah. take the, uh, you take one of these superstar tackles at five. It's not the end of the world. They don't have to play right away. Now, is that what you want? Probably not. But to me, it's not worth trading two of those. And the, the 18 and 25 are the perfect spots for somebody that's a really good team that's trying to trade back up into the first round. And you pick up next year's first. That was a great example, Paige. Of being able to pick up, okay, we pick up another first round next year. We still have 14 picks in this draft. This is a great draft. You'd have to be pretty confident next year's draft. But two first round picks any year is spectacular. You have three. You have so much ability here. 
to sit on what you have and just take the best of player, best available players. You don't have to take the quarterback at five. It doesn't have to be Tua. It doesn't have to be Herbert. It, it, it's in, in, this, in this scenario, this is what I argue. If you're telling me my options are Herbert and two potential starters in the first round or Tua and nothing else, it's not even a conversation. It, no. uh, to me, I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't even entertain it. I, I wouldn't take the phone. I would go, nope, hang up the phone. Like, not worth it. I, I'm not giving up two premium draft spots in this class with all the needs that you have on that, on that roster for that. You got to believe in this. You got to believe in this. I get it, Miami. You've had, you've had some bad times, but Brian Flores, I think, proved to you that he deserves the respect to, to trust the process. Trust what he wants to do going into this draft. He, he earned that. And I think until proven otherwise, you need to respect that. And you need to, you need to know that this, this team under this new leadership, I think is going to make some serious noise here pretty soon. Uh, By the way, this draft crazy offseason that we have, it's easy to sit here and say that Washington might trade the second pick or they they might take two over. Get the hell out of here. They're not taking anybody over Chase Young at two. No, they're taking Chase Young. Like this is this is that is is having Peppers with Rivera for ten years. Yeah. He's not he's not missing on by the way, there'd be four first round picks across that defensive line, which was gonna be insane. There's no way they're doing that. We've already talked about Detroit cannot move on from Stafford because they have so much dead cap space at three. Not going to happen. Or the Giants. The Giants and then then Detroit, whatever that. None of them are – like, I can't see unless – I can see the Giants moving on from that pick, but I can't see Washington doing that. And I can't see – Detroit could trade the pick, but they can't take a quarterback. I just – I can't imagine two people can jump you that you're not going to get Herbert or Tua. This, this I just that, I cannot find yeah. a scenario, and I don't know that one of these tackles. There's some legit freaking tackles in this class. I don't know that they're not. None of them are going to be there at 18. None of the none of the five are going to be there at 18. I, I just I think you are you are so so prime positioned here to sit where you're at. It would be it'd be ludicrous to me to, to do all the moves that you've done to, to get this draft capital to move on just to get to it. Yeah, I just there's too many question marks. It's not a sure thing. And by the way, I think they're going to get him at five. Yeah, like, I think he's. Uh, I, yeah, I think yeah, he's, yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I, 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 which, exactly. And and if they and if they listen, you also have to understand that like it might be Herbert. Like we don't know. Like, yeah, that's that, the thing like too. you, it might be Herbert. We don't know. Never forget that the teams themselves know so much more about yes. not only what they're going to do, but what everybody else is going to do than we do. Always. Like, if, if they truly don't, you know, I mean, one, there's no guarantee that two is the number two quarterback on their board. Thank you. It's possible it's not. We don't know. I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody with the Dolphins. They're not going to tell you anyway right now. They may have red flagged the injury and he might be off their draft board. None of us Correct. know that. I mean, we all I thought Sam Darnold was a lock to go one until Baker Mayfield went one. And then we went, oh, that makes sense. No, it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Listen, they, there is... Every team, every organization has their own version of what they think works in the draft. And for you as the fan to think you know what it is, you're wrong. You just don't. You don't know. And we can do our best to evaluate. All of us like have tons of conversations behind the scenes to give you the most updated version. But that's why we're telling you, like, this is all these trade scenarios. It's a lot easier in your mind, okay, to play out, hey, I want to move back. Yeah, okay, everybody wants to move back and gain more draft capital. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. You don't just make a phone call and go, hey, uh, okay, I'm Matt Patricia, and I guess what? I would like another first-round pick and a first-round pick next year. Okay, that's not how that works. Like, it's it's not – everybody doesn't get to move back. Like, the, sorry. It, so you don't you, – in this scenario, you just play out. You go, yeah, everybody can move back. No, not – two, three, and four are not all moving back. It's not happening. No, no, definitely not. not Maybe happening. one. Maybe one. A couple yeah. things worth noting here, guys, we should probably talk about. One, we're almost done with this whole thing. I don't know that anybody's more fun than the Dolphins for I what's going to happen. $100 million in catch base, four free agents, none of which matter. They could cut another, you know, you get cut Albert Wilson to get to 10. But they have 69 guys under contract with $100 million in cap space and 14 yeah. draft picks. Like, this is going to be... So much freaking fun. Like, I can see why Kyle is out of his freaking mind as a Dolphins fan. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely crazy. You know, the other thing worth noting with the talking about the Dolphins, to get this cap space, they traded their left tackle, Laramie Tunsil, a, fr- a first-round, you know, superstar. 
that they didn't want to resign. They got the cap space to do it. They also traded uh, superstar safety and Minka Fitzpatrick that didn't really want to fit and be multiple like Brian Flores wants to do. He's going to be a great player in, in Pittsburgh. It's exactly, he fits exactly what they want to do. But they traded some big-time pieces to get all this capital. Now we got to see what they do with it. But $100 million, 14 freaking draft picks this year, and no free agents that they really have to sign of their own guys? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, well, the, the, all the teams we've covered, I, I love where the Buccaneers are at. There's a couple teams. Are, the, the Bills are in great shape in this division. But the Dolphins could be – this is either you're setting yourself up for a disaster for 20 years if you miss on all this, or you could set yourself up to be the Dolphins of old. They have all of the tools that they need. Now it's all about – it's about executing. It's yep. about evaluation. It's about do guys hit, do guys stay healthy, uh, do they fit, all those other things. They have all the tools now to be a – Hyper competitive team in a couple of years. Absolutely, all those pieces. Absolutely. Uh, any parting thoughts on today's podcast, Jake? Give me Fitzmagic with rugs. That's, that's um, my parting thought. I want to see that. Okay. Let me go back to Deshaun Jackson two years ago when Fitzmagic was the quarterback of the Buccaneers. Rugs cannot run Deshaun Jackson. Like that could be a lot of fun. With I, I don't know. I'm 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 getting excited about this Dolphins offseason. As a Dan Marino fan growing up as a kid, I'm kind of like. Florida's in pretty good shape. It's going to be interesting to see what the Jacksonville Jaguars do, but the, the yeah, Dolphins and the Bucks could be really interesting with this offseason. Yeah, the London Jaguars aren't in great shape. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't count as Florida anymore. Yeah. Uh, my, my parting thought is that uh, this is going to be, I think, it's not going to be the best division in football by any means, but it's going to be one of the most intriguing divisions in football because you're going to have, like we said, three teams I think are legit playoff contenders a Miami team that could surprise, especially late in the season, if some of those young guys, they all put in, all click at the same time. Maybe they sign Melvin Gordon. This is going to be one of those divisions where, like, all of these games are coming. Think of, like, NFC South from a few years back where – before, let's say, the Saints were, like, winning, like, 13 games a year, but when everybody was kind of in that 8 to 11 win range, yeah. I don't think we're going to quite see that, but I think it's going to be very close to that with the competitiveness of this division. And Miami's been good at playing spoiler for the Patriots before when they've had worse teams. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how this division plays out because I think we could finally see a new division champion, and I f think we're going to see a very competitive divisional game throughout the year. All right, guys, my parting thoughts here are Tom Brady, I can't wait for you to play somewhere else. So please don't disappoint me and everybody else because nobody – this, it will be a celebration like no other. I I will feast on Twitter. I cannot wait to just consume consume, consume, because it will be chaos on social media and on TV for days after he makes his decision. So I hope in true Tom fashion, right, because he's he, he slash his social media team are low-key one of the best in all of sports. He does a phenomenal job. I hope he has something epic. And I hope, I, I just, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So that's my parting thoughts on today's podcast. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And if all this happens, I'll give you my password so you can do it for me. <laughs> Jamie. Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Uh, and you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on Twitter and Instagram. And you guys should be following what is going on on the draftnetwork.com for all of your draft season needs. Sports page with an eye on Twitter and Instagram. And you guys should be following what is going on on the draftnetwork.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.